Hi there. Welcome to Please Explain. I'm Samantha Selinger-Morris, the host of Please Explain, the daily news podcast from The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to bring you a series of episodes from our archive. You'll hear from journalists such as Nick McKenzie and Michael Batchelard on a story that exposed how millions of dollars in detention money went to politicians. Also from Farrah Thomason on the far-reaching impact of the Roe versus Wade decision, and the researcher whose work exposed war crimes by Australia's Special Forces soldiers. Today, we have an episode on Julian Assange, founder of WikiLeaks, the online publisher of classified documents that has changed politics forever. At the time of recording, Australian politicians visited Washington in a bid to free Assange, who has been hiding and in prison for 11 years. Foreign Affairs and National Security Correspondent Matthew Knott discusses whether Assange's fate will ultimately be determined by whoever holds the American presidency. We are releasing it for you today on Monday, December 25th. So, Matthew, this case is a long and winding one. Can you remind us, what are the charges that Julian Assange is fighting? Where is he now and how did he get there? Yes. So the thing to know is that Julian Assange is in Belmarsh Prison in London. It's maximum security prison. He's been there for about uh, four years. But previously, he has also had a long period of essentially being locked up. He was locked up in the uh, Ecuadorian embassy in the UK because of other charges he was facing in Sweden. Now, this all relates to uh, an FBI uh, indictment that was uh, initially issued in uh, 2018. And this all goes back to what were called the Iraq War and the Afghanistan War Logs, which were put out around 2010, 2011. These stories started coming out that most people will remember, including the famous collateral murder video of a Reuters journalist being shot in Iraq. Got lots of confidential State Department cables from America, lots of very newsworthy uh, stories about the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. It was the biggest leak of secret government files in US history. One of the largest compromises of classified information in the history of our country. Classified battlefield reports from the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan passed on to WikiLeaks. And the leaker of that information, Chelsea Manning, was charged and went to jail and then was granted clemency, essentially, by Barack Obama. But the Trump administration decided to charge Assange over this. That he conspired with Chelsea Manning to hack computers and publish classified documents and data uh, related to the U.S. war effort in Iraq. They're using the uh, Espionage Act mostly, which is quite unprecedented for him as a publisher, for him to be charged under this act. It's something you'd associate it with spying, people leaking secrets. He's not the leaker, he's the recipient of the information. He says what he's really been doing is journalism that is done every day by outlets like the New York Times. WikiLeaks, your baby, in the last few years has released more classified documents than the rest of the world's media combined. Can, Can that possibly be true? Yeah, can it possibly be true? It's a worry, isn't it? 
that the rest of the world's media is doing such a bad job that a little group of activists is able to release more of that type of information than the rest of the world press combined. How, how does it work? How, how do you... And the Trump administration, now the Biden administration, is seeking to extradite him to America to face these 18 charges, which all up have a maximum sentence of 175 years in prison. Okay, and so what do we know about what state Julian Assange is in currently? Because his lawyer, I believe, has argued that his imprisonment and his treatment has amounted to cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah, this is the thing that Julian Assange's uh, supporters, his legal advisors, and particularly his family members, who I speak to quite regularly now, really do come back to a lot, is simply his health condition. They say that he's uh, deteriorated quite incredibly over recent years uh, in jail in terms of very, very serious mental health issues, you know, uh, in terms of nutrition as well. How much he's eating in in jail is is a worry for people. His supporters are saying they don't know how long he'll actually be able to last there and particularly how he would be able to cope with an extradition to the United States. They describe this essentially as a matter of life and death for him. And, you know, we don't have many photos of him at all, but the few photos that we have seen in recent years show the quite stark a physical transformation that he's undergone in recent years. Okay, but all this time that Julian Assange has either been in hiding in an embassy or in prison, he's had a lot of support, often from people in very high positions of power. So can you tell us about those who've barracked for him for his release for so many years? Yes, he has been a bit of a core celeb in certain quarters of the world. You know, in the Ecuadorian embassy, he had visits from uh, people like Pamela Anderson and Lady Gaga. Like in college. Where do you sleep? Outside the bookshelf. What? Yep. This is your room? Do you ever feel like just fucking crying? No. Never? Never. Even when you're happy? In Australia, traditionally, there has been a bit of a partisan split on this in recent times because uh, when uh, Labor was in opposition, Anthony Albanese was the opposition leader, he was quite clear that he thought the Assange case should be brought to a close. He said enough is enough and made clear that in government he would pursue this issue, whereas the previous uh, Morrison government, you know, they were seeking consular access for Assange for him to be treated well, but they weren't actually trying to uh, intervene in the legal processes. They said that was a matter for the United States. And until quite recently, Peter Dutton was saying that as well. He said Assange is facing serious charges and it should be allowed to play out. Peter Dutton has uh, changed his tune. And so essentially, we have a bipartisanship in Australia on this. Peter Dutton has said he agrees that it's time for this case to be brought to a close. There's a lot of consensus on both sides of politics in Australia that regardless of what you think of Assange, many people say they disagree with the way he went about things, with some of the actions that he's undertaken. They say essentially that he's suffered enough and this is really becoming cruel and unusual punishment to try and extradite him to America. And I guess this brings us to something of a new twist in this very long running saga of those who've tried to free Julian Assange, which is that A somewhat unexpected collection, I guess, of Australian politicians will be travelling to Washington on Wednesday. And you've written about this. So what are they hoping to achieve? 
Yeah, this is really a new tactic in this campaign that the pro Assange uh, lobby is running, really. You know, they've done lots of courting the government, trying to pressure the Albanese government to do things about that. There's been a meeting earlier this year with uh, US Ambassador Caroline Kennedy. And what we're seeing now is a bit of a, a different tactic. So this group of Australian MPs from across the political spectrum, you really couldn't get a a more different collection of people. You know, we're talking about Barnaby Joyce, the former Nationals Party leader. We're talking about Monique Ryan, the independent MP from Melbourne. Uh, We're talking about uh, Liberal Senator Alex Antic, who I think could fairly be described as on the, the far right of the Australian political spectrum. You have two Greens leaders who are more on the far left. They're all going to Washington to more work, not so much the administration, but the political system, the congressional system in America, which so far hasn't had much of a role in this issue. So they're going to be meeting essentially with counterparts from the U.S. House of Representatives, the, the U.S. Senate, as well as Biden administration officials to really raise the profile of this issue in Washington and to stress that this is a central issue for Australia and and actually make it an alliance issue. And their timing is very deliberate because it's coming just a couple of weeks before Anthony Albanese is going to meet with Joe Biden at the White House. So what they're trying to do is to really put this on the agenda in a big way in Washington and to create some momentum for the US to ease up on their pursuit of Julian Assange. We'll be right back. It is an interesting group of people. I believe that Barnaby Joyce has actually said, besides the weather and Julian Assange, we probably don't all agree on anything. But I'm just wondering, is there some sort of uniform view they've got upon which grounds they think Julian Assange should be released? No, they come at it reflecting their different views. They do come at it from different perspectives. I know, for example, uh, Monique Ryan uh, really stresses the press freedom aspect of this. Prime Minister, journalists obtaining and publishing sensitive information is in, in the public interest is essential to democracy. Australian citizen Julian Assange is still detained in Belmarsh Prison, charged by a foreign government with acts of journalism. Mr Assange's freedom will only come from political intervention. That if Julian Assange was to be sent to jail in America for this, it would have dire implications for newspaper journalists, you know, for for TV journalists. And that's the, the issue she argues is essentially that what Assange was doing here was quite normal journalism. Barnaby Joyce comes at it from a bit of a different point of view. He more focuses on the issue that of extraterritoriality, it's called, which is getting to the fact that uh, Julian Assange is not an American citizen. He wasn't in America when he supposedly committed these offences. Uh, look, I don't want to go to the United States and pick a fight. I don't think that's going to help us. You know, we, we want to explain our rationale. And it's very, very bad precedent. Mm. And I just believe and an uh, what Barnaby Joyce says is that it's a bad precedent to just be shipping Australian citizens all over the world when they haven't breached Australian law and they weren't in the country in question. So he leans very heavily on that point. And I just believe as an Australian citizen, more than anything about Julian Assange, as an Australian citizen, we have a duty to say, no, 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 we're not doing that. Uh, and if we, we've got four people now in Australia who are charged by the Chinese government for crimes. So... 
this is a pretty bad precedent. What happens if they say, well, if you do it to that fellow, well, I, we want ours as well. Yeah. You know, we want you to treat us like you treat you know, like that happens. So, and just touching on what you've just said with regards to the fact that Julian Assange wasn't in America when he allegedly committed these crimes, do we know why he's seemingly been prosecuted in such a severe way when Chelsea Manning who is American and was sentenced to 35 years in prison for leaking documents to WikiLeaks, has been set free. Yes, and this is one of the key arguments that the MPs will be making in Washington, is essentially that the leaker of the information, who undoubtedly uh, did commit crimes and, you know, uh, breached laws in America, went to jail, but then was uh, set free after only a few years and is now out living life uh, freely, has written a memoir, you know, is even a, a DJ in her spare time, uh, while Assange, who was the recipient of the information, there is a debate, and this is what the charges go to, as to how active a role he played in uh, convincing Manning to release the information. But essentially, he was the publisher. Uh, He's still being pursued while Chelsea Manning is free. There is a lot of talk about this. There's a lot of speculation. The Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, remarked recently during a trip to Australia, he said, oh, well, look, we're listening to Australia's perspective, uh, but we want you to listen to our perspective as well, as, which is that we consider these charges to be uh, very serious. Uh, America's line is that lives were put at risk by uh, the release of classified information, you know, the idea that some secret sources, employees also were named and that their lives were put in danger by the release of this information. Now Assange and his supporters have always denied that fact. But yes, there is a view, I think, in parts of the US national security establishment that it's important to make an example of someone like uh, Julian Assange so that something like this doesn't happen again. And so what do you think the chances are that this political delegation of Australian MPs might actually succeed? Mm. Well, I think they themselves are pretty realistic. They're not expecting that they're going to have a few meetings in Washington and the charges will just magically be dropped. This process has been going for a long time. I think realistically uh, what is being done here is, as I said before, is to raise the profile of this issue and to lay the groundwork for some type of deal to be done. This is the idea that's gaining more and more traction, including with Assange supporters. And the, the key point here is that his legal processes in the UK are about to run out. We're not sure exactly when, but say it could be within a month that the final High Court appeal is is done with and he's extradited quite quickly to America. He's then inside the American legal system. That's getting pretty frightening. The idea that emerges there is some kind of plea deal, a plea bargain similar perhaps to what we saw uh, with David Hicks uh, when he was in Guantanamo Bay. That uh, that would require Assange to accept uh, some form of guilt, of culpability for his actions and get uh, reduced sentence as part of the deal that he could serve in Australia. Perhaps the amount of time he spent in Belmarsh Prison and would actually cover that sentence and he could walk free pretty quickly in Australia. And I think the more pressure that's on the Biden administration, the Department of Justice, the system in Washington, the more likely they are to want to make such a deal. So I think that's how this visit will play out, to gain sympathy for Assange and to laid the foundation for some kind of deal here. Thank you, Matt, for joining us. No worries at all. 
Today's episode of Please Explain was produced by Julia Carcatzel with technical assistance by Debbie Harrington. Our executive producer is Ruby Schwartz. Please Explain is a production of The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald. If you enjoy the show and want more of our journalism, subscribe to our newspapers today. It's the best way to support what we do. Search The Age or smh.com.au forward slash subscribe. I'm Samantha Selinger-Morris. This is Please Explain. Thanks for listening.